Today's episode of Relapped is presented by Podgo. Podgo, the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today and become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o dot c-o. And be sure to add our podcast Relapped in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. Welcome to Relapped, the podcast tracing you through F1 history. I'm your host, Deanna, and today we have part two of the 1978 season. If you're new here, I highly suggest going back to episode one, where you learn about the teams and the drivers, and then episode two covers the first five races of the season. And just a quick reminder where we're at, the top five in the driver's standings after the first five rounds are Depaye for Tyrrell, Reutemann for Ferrari, Andretti for Lotus, Lauda for Brabham, and Peterson for Lotus. And the top five in the constructors are Lotus, Tyrrell, Brabham, Ferrari, and Fittipaldi. Jumping straight into round six, it's a couple weeks after Monaco, and we are at Zolder for the Belgian GP. And this circuit is Spa's lesser-known cousin, and the general consensus is that everyone still wishes they were at Spa. This is going to mark the first race where the Lotus 79 is introduced. There's only going to be one. It's driven by Andretti, but... Uh, Some background, their previous car, the 78, introduced a rudimentary version of ground effect, but the 79 took it to a whole new level. And I'll tweet out a couple videos because it's definitely easier with a visual and I don't really have a technical background, but and the best way I can explain it, essentially the way it works is there's two what they call Venturi tunnels that suck the air under the car. And those are sealed by the side skirts, which create a low pressure zone under the car and suck it to the ground, which enhances the downforce, meaning they can take the turns faster. Also, what this car did was shift to the center of gravity so that they could make the rear wing of the car smaller, which also reduces drag. So that kind of gives the designers the number one goal that they're trying to do, which is increased downforce and minimize drag. So not only was the car faster around the corners, it was also faster in a straight line. On average, the 79 lapped two seconds a lap faster than its predecessor. This meant that in qualifying, Andretti just demolished the field the whole weekend. He took pole by eight tenths and beat his 77 pole time by 3.7 seconds. Elsewhere in qualifying, Tombe was out for McLaren after suffering an ankle injury at an F2 race where he got burns from a fire extinguisher, which seems somewhat ironic. But in his place went Bruno, and I might butcher this, Giacomelli. Um, He was very impressive in the lower formula. In 78, he would win eight out of 12 races on his way to the title, and had signed a five-race deal with McLaren to race a third car for the team. His first practice didn't go perfectly. He twisted his ankle getting out of the car, but bandaged it up and got on with it. For whatever reason, the press had a field day with this man. They called him the little plumpy Italian, chubby, little dumpy, and his face might have looked slightly filled out, I guess, but he was obviously talented and... 
I don't know. It's just the newest victim of the F1 media. And also a Renault engine caught fire. Per usual. The final results for qualifying were Andretti on pole for Lotus, Reutemann in second for Ferrari, Lauda in third for Brabham, Villeneuve in fourth for Ferrari, Schechter in fifth for Wolf, Hunt in sixth for McLaren, Peterson in seventh for Lotus, Patrese in eighth for Arrows, Watson in ninth for Brabham, and despite the blown engine, Japui managed tenth for Renault. It's a cloudy Sunday in Belgium, and we're going for 70 laps around Zolder. Andretti was off into the distance from pole, and Reutemann screwed up yet another start and was swarmed by the other cars. But there was more mayhem behind him, with Schechter giving Lauda a little tap and sending him into the wall and out of the race. And on the other side of the track, Patrese bumped Hunt, which sent him flying across the track near to where Lauda's race just ended keeping Hunt's retirement streak alive for five races in a row. In the midst of all this, Fittipaldi was forced to slam on his brakes, and then semblances of Magello with Ix running into the back of him, and Peroni joining the party running into the back of Ix and even going airborne. At the same time, Jabui came together with Watson and almost took out his rear wing for good measure. But Jabui was able to keep going after that incident and started another train this race with the likes of Depaye and Jones getting stuck behind him. Although this train was released much quicker than the last race after Jabui's brakes started to fail, so he fell back pretty significantly. Anyway, back out front, Andretti was leading Villeneuve, Schechter, Peterson, Patrese, Reutemann, and Watson. Peterson made his way past Schechter for third, but Schechter had to pit anyway. Watson spun out of seventh in a double retirement for Brabham. Brutal day. Patrese retired with a broken rear suspension. Villeneuve was in the pits after his tire burst and rejoined in sixth. And after all of this, this meant Andretti was leading Peterson in a Lotus 1-2, followed by Reutemann in third. The race slowed down from there. The only thing of note, Stamelin parked his car on the side of the road and this giant crane came from what looked like out of the woods to pick up the Arrows car and took that off the track. But they still left Lauda and Hunt's car on the start finish straight throughout the entire race. Safety at this point is just so questionable. On multiple occasions during this race, there were marshals running across the track, almost getting hit by cars going full speed. It's just it's improved from the likes of the 60s, but it still has a ways to go. Anyway, towards the back, Tom Bay's replacement, Gio Camelli, fought his way past two back markers, but then spun and let them back through. Uh, there were a couple more retirements from championship leader Depaye for Tyrrell and Schechter for Wolf. So back up front, Andretti was still leading from Peterson, Reutemann, and now Lafitte had joined the back of the leading pack in fourth. That was until with only 14 laps remaining, Peterson was forced to pit for new tires. And this man blasted out of the pit lane at about 100 miles per hour. Again, safety standards, not what they are now, and rejoined in fourth. He is nicknamed the Super Swede, and Vintage Peterson took charge, and he fought his way back up through Lafitte and Reutemann and was in second again after pitting in under 10 laps. But the pair he just passed of Reutemann and Lafitte were having their own battle. So the two kept it pretty close until they went to go 
lap the yellow teapot of Jabui. Reutemann had an easy time getting around, but Lafitte got held up, so that put some distance between them. And it wouldn't be until the final lap that Lafitte would get in striking distance of Reutemann. The two went side by side through the chicane, with Lafitte narrowly out in front, but at the exit, they touched wheels and there was a giant cloud of dust. When that settled, it revealed that it was the Ligier of Lafitte that was out with a broken car and that thing wasn't going anywhere. Reutemann was able to scrape his car to the final podium place while Lafitte lost out to his teammate Villeneuve, who was the only other car on the leading lap. The final race results were Andretti took the win, never once looked like that was in doubt. The new Lotus 79 had the rest of the field shaking in their boots, <laughs> followed by Peterson in second in the old Lotus, also got the fastest lap. Reutemann pulled out third place, Villeneuve in fourth, Lafitte in fifth, and Peroni rounded out the points in sixth. Moving on to the race rating, I'm going to be bold and start adding half points and give this a five and a half out of 10. It had some good overtakes, a lot of retirements, um, but was pretty dull in the middle there. And for driver of the day, I'm going to give it to Peterson, who in the old Lotus moved from seventh to fourth on the opening lap and then made his way up to second, had a late pit stop and then stormed back up from fourth to second. And I'm going to add one other, I guess, award, something we're going to do at the end of the race. I kind of took the piss out of Renault the last episode, so we're just going to keep it going. And this is the did Renault finish? And technically this time he did, but he was 14 laps down, so officially listed as not classified, which means he failed to complete 90% of the race distance. And that is all for round six. It's a couple weeks later, and we are in Madrid for the Spanish GP at Harama. From one bland circuit to another, no one really loves it. It's not high speed, but it's also not great for overtaking. It's just kind of the. Notably, though, Peterson now has a Lotus 79 for himself. So now there's two of them. The Lotuses just demoralized the entire field throughout practice. The only, or seemingly the only, Achilles heel in sight for the Lotus was that it tended to overheat when it was sitting in the pits, but it really wasn't going to do much of that. Um, the only other thing of note in qualifying was Tom Bay's back from his ankle injury. Still not perfectly healed, but he's given it a shot. So the results from qualifying were Andretti, who was three-tenths ahead of his teammate, Peterson, who was a further seven-tenths ahead of the third-best driver, Reutemann. Hunt was in fourth, Villeneuve in fifth, Lauda in sixth, Watson in seventh, Patrese in eighth, Schechter in ninth, and Lafitte in tenth. On to the race. It's another warm and sunny day in Madrid, and we're going for 75 laps around Harama. After seeing the dominance of the Lotus, Lodi, Lotus, we're going to just Lodi. I kind of like Lodi. Anyway, everyone else was just in a battle for third. Sounds familiar. Cough, cough, Mercedes. Um, but never one to stand down from a fight. Hunt strapped on the softest tires he could find in hopes to take the fight to Lotus in the early stages. 
And this gamble actually worked. And from fourth on the grid, he was in the lead getting past Reutemann, Andretti, and Peterson, who screwed up another start. So for five glorious laps, Hunt led the field doing absolutely anything and everything he could to keep the Lotus behind. But the fun all came to an end on lap six as Andretti got past Hunt and disappeared into the distance. The field was now Andretti out front, followed by Hunt, Reutemann, Watson, Villeneuve, and Peterson was up to sixth following his dismal start. Behind him, Tombe, in his return from his ankle injury, had spun into the gravel, beached his car, and he was out. Then Patrese had his engine blow, and his arrow was out. Then the Ferrari's promising day, they were running in third and fifth at one point, went downhill pretty quickly when the Michelin tires started to fall off and they were forced to pit. It would get even worse later on with Reutemann making some ground, but Villeneuve was going absolutely nowhere and was forced to pit again. And then Depaye continued to watch his championship hopes slip away and retired for the second race in a row. This left the front runners of Andretti, who had a sizable lead over Hunt, who was still miraculously holding on to second, in front of the quartet of Watson, Lafitte, Peterson, and Lauda. And in the span of two laps, that order got shaken up pretty significantly, with Peterson capitalizing on some mistakes, jumping from fifth to third, while Watson was the one performing those mistakes and fell from third to sixth which left the final order of Peterson, Lafitte, Lauda, and Watson. Things got pretty quiet from there for about 15 laps, but then finally on lap 53 of 75, the most impressive stint from Hunt came to an end. Peterson sailed by, and then only three laps later, so did Lafitte and Lauda. But then things got a little chaotic. Lauda's engine decided it had had enough, and he parked it putting Hunt back into third. And shortly after that, although he wasn't in the points, Reutemann went on a little adventure over the guardrail and into the debris nets. His car was pretty mangled. Luckily, he only had a few bruises, but that was the end for that Ferrari. In the midst of all of this, Hunt was trying to hold on and make it to the end of the race, but only lasted a couple more laps before his tires had just had enough and he pitted and rejoined in sixth. The last few laps were pretty dull from there. Andretti pulled a 20-second gap on his teammate, and the pair sailed to their second one-two. Lafitte managed best of the rest and took the final podium position. After that, Schechter came in fourth, Watson came in fifth, and Hunt rounded out the points position in sixth. So my driver of the day, it has to be Hunt. He took a gamble beat out both Lotuses at the start and held on for well over 50 laps, ended his retirement streak, and still at least came home with a point. For this race rating, I'm going with a 5 out of 10. Not quite as much drama as the last race, but entertaining enough. The final question I'm sure everyone wants to know the answer to is, did Renault finish? The answer is a surprising yes, this time in 13th and only four laps down. That wraps up round seven. Another couple weeks have gone by. It's mid-June and we are in Sweden at Anderstorp. This race is notoriously remembered for Brabham's new car, 
the BT-46B, or more commonly referred to as the fan car. And not like fans in the stand, like an actual spinning fan. In a bid to catch Lotus, Gordon Murray, the Brabham designer, added a fan, a giant fan, to the back of the car in order to essentially suck it to the ground, also aided by side skirts, to seal that area under the car. Again, I'll tweet out videos. It'll make more sense. The reason Brabham went with a fan was because they couldn't do the same Venturi tunnels as Lotus was running because their engine was a flat 12. So it was way too wide to have those tunnels, whereas the Lotus was running the Cosworth V8. However, a lot of the other teams took issue with this. So getting even further into the weeds here, (laughs) um, the official regulation stated in item five, article one, under the heading aerodynamic devices, any part of the car whose primary function is to influence aerodynamic performance is considered to be an aerodynamic device. And therefore, according to article three, item five, Aerodynamic devices must comply with the rules relating to coach work, i.e. heights, widths, etc., and must be firmly fixed whilst the car is in motion. Now, if the fan was classified as an aerodynamic device, it would be moving and therefore would be illegal. But Murray found a loophole with the keyword being the primary function. So all he had to do was argue that the fan was 55% used for cooling and 45% used for downforce. And the actual final numbers they went to was 70% of the fan's purpose was to quote unquote cool the car. And the other 30 was just an added aerodynamic benefit, like a little bonus. But the other teams, they didn't love this. And in the first day of practice, Bernie and Brabham, they sandbagged. So they looked well off of pace. All the other teams were just kind of confused, didn't really know what was going on. But In the final practice session, the Brabhams, they started showing their true pace. And I say starting because Bernie made them run with full tanks of fuel in order to hide their true pace. And even in doing so, they qualified second and third, splitting the Lotuses. The other teams really hated this, with five of them being Lotus, McLaren, Tyrrell, Surtees, and Williams protesting the legality of the car. But the FIA overruled and the BT-46B was set to race. The final qualifying results were Andretti in first for Lotus, Watson in second for Brabham, Lauda in third for Brabham, Peterson in fourth for Lotus, Patrese in fifth for Arrows, Schechter in sixth for Wolf, Villeneuve in seventh for Ferrari, Reutemann in eighth for Ferrari, Jones in ninth for Williams, and Jabui in tenth for Renault. We have another typical warm and sunny day, and we're going for 70 laps around Anderstorp. It was Watson's turn to screw up the start in his brand new fan car, with Lauda almost getting around the outside of Andretti in the first corner, but Andretti was able to just keep his Lotus out front, and Patrese and Peterson followed closely behind. Andretti and Lauda pulled off into the distance, lapping a full second quicker than the rest of the field. Back in third, Peterson had made a lunge on Patrese, got past, but in doing so, ran ran over debris from an earlier wreck and got a puncture. He pitted and rejoined in 17th. That meant Patrese kept third, but now he had the recovering Watson and his cooling fan to deal with. So Watson tried to pull a move around the outside, but went a little too far wide into the grass and filled his brand new car with dirt, 
which the engine did not like. And very soon after, he and his new fan were out. While at the same time, Schechter probably could have used that fan for actual cooling when he was forced to retire with an overheating issue. And parts of his engine were legitimately melted. Anyway, back out front, we're half the way through the race. Andretti and Lauda are way far in the distance, but Andretti finally made a mistake going wide and Lauda took his chance and dove up the inside for the lead. Andretti kept up with Lauda for another eight laps, but his engine pulled a Renault and went up in a puff of smoke. So now it was just Lauda and his fan cruising right along all on his own. The Andretti retirement promoted Patrese to second and Jones, who was having a great race, made his way up to third from ninth and was now challenging Patrese for second. Jones came right up to the back of him and actually squeezed his way past Patrese, but this second place was short-lived. Patrese, getting a little frustrated, gave him a slight tap, and Jones came off much worse. It sent him into a spin, and he was still able to rejoin in third, but now a long way off from Patrese, and a few laps later would retire anyway with a wheel-bearing failure. This left... Peterson to now have a try on the arrows for second. And in the closing laps, Patrese tried everything, even some probably questionable moves to keep the Lotus behind and actually did it, came home second and took his first podium and arrows first podium finish in their history. Very short history. So the final race results were Lauda in his fan car taking the win and fastest lap, Patrese in second, Peterson in third, Tombe in fourth, Regazzoni in fifth, and Fittipaldi in sixth. Driver of the day is Peterson. He recovered after an early puncture from 17th to third and what could have potentially been second. For my race rating, I'm going with a 7 out of 10, largely from the novelty of it being the race with the fan car. And finally, did Renault finish? (laughs) The answer to that is no. Um, I'm not sure how, but Japui's retirement is officially officially attributed to the engine. So I'm sure you can imagine what happened there. And that's round eight. It's early July and we're in the south of France for round eight at Paul Ricard. An update on the fan car. After the race in Sweden, Lotus and Colin Chapman protested the car again. Despite this, they were still working on their own prototype and supposedly only a week after that race had a full built prototype with a fan in the back of it, but they were still trying to get it banned. Technically, or at least according to Murray and Bernie, they could have run the car for the rest of the season and would have had a good shot at the title, but political reasons led Bernie to withdraw the car. Those reasons being... Bernie was now in charge of FOCA, the Formula One Constructors Association, which represented the interest of the private teams such as Lotus, Williams, Tyrrell, McLaren, etc. The feeling was that the FIA favored the interest of the major manufacturers like the Ferraris and Renaults, and FOCA was created in order to be able to fight back on the FIA. But 
The fan car caused so much controversy among the private teams, and Bernie was not willing to resign his newly acquired power over that group, so at the expense of his own team, withdrew the car. That was the end of the fan car. One entry and one win. All right, cast your mind back to the fourth round in California where Ferrari and its French Michelin tires took the win over the American Avangetti and the American Goodyear tires. Well, losing the home race didn't sit very well with the higher-ups at Goodyear. So they launched Operation Overkill to ensure Michelin was absolutely humiliated at their home race. So far, at least in practice, Goodyear was doing their job with the Ferraris and the Renaults absolutely going nowhere. The final results of qualifying were Watson claimed his second ever pole position ahead of Andretti, Lauda in third, Hunt in fourth, Peterson in fifth, Tambe in sixth, Schechter in seventh, Reutemann in eighth, Villeneuve in ninth, and Lafitte in tenth. It's hot, it's sunny, everything you would expect for the south of France, and we're going for 54 laps around Paul Ricard. Well, actually, before we do that, let's start with just before the race. In all the fanfare of the French race, former world champion Jackie Stewart led the field through the warm-up lap and was doing so in the spare Renault. Meanwhile, the Renault that was actually about to race started smoking, and the mechanics could do nothing but watch their spare car drive by in front of the field while the car that was supposed to race was slowly going up in smoke. Then, much to the delight of the French fans, the Renault only made it a couple laps before the engine blew. Back to the actual race start. Watson led from pole, but by the end of the first lap, Andretti had already made his way through to first, and that was that. The front pack was Andretti leading Watson, Lauda, and Peterson, with Lauda and Peterson kind of getting into it. Peterson pushed past Lauda for third, but somewhat for not, because by lap nine, Lauda's engine had had enough, was leaking smoke, and he was in the pits to retire. Peterson kept plowing ahead and got through Lada's teammate Watson, bringing it to another Lotus 1-2 after only 10 laps with absolutely no challenge in sight. Elsewhere, Depaye retired once again, keeping his streak alive, trying to match Hunt's streak of five. Even further back, Ferrari, both of them off to a terrible start, were running 13th and 14th before their French Michelin tires needed to be replaced and they were running last and next to last. At least that's a little bit worse than 2020. Anyway, back up front, Peterson caught up Andretti but honored team orders and stayed in second. Hunt was on a charge and overtook Watson for third, leaving him and Jones to battle for fourth. While that was going on, the Ferraris pitted again. Reutemann came back out a lap down, but behind Watson and Jones, who were battling for fourth. And it seemed beforehand like Jones was going to catch Watson, but Reutemann, trying to assert his dominance or something, trying to unlap himself, was pressuring Jones constantly. So Jones was trying to keep him behind, couldn't really focus on the battle in front of him. That guaranteed nobody went anywhere. Further behind, rounding out the points positions, Schechter and Lafitte were fighting for sixth. Lafitte 
in a desperate attempt trying to produce something for the home crowd, failed to get past Schechter and finished in the first position outside of the points. Rough day for France. The only consolation for the country was Reutemann pitted for a third time and was at least able to get the fastest lap, but finished last on the road in 18th. The final results were Andretti and Peterson in yet another Lotus 1-2, starting to think it's 2020, and we're looking at Mercedes. Anyway, Hunt came in third to round out the podium, Watson in fourth, Jones in fifth, and Schechter in sixth. I'm going to give driver of the day to Jones, even though he never made it past Watson. He was still battling a Brabham in a Williams, keeping a Ferrari behind, and had moved up nine places from 14th to finish in fifth. Race rating, I'm going to go with another five out of 10. Pretty much sorted itself out out of after the halfway point. And <laughs> did Renault finish? Absolutely not. Brutal home race for the nation of France, and that is round nine. And for the final race today, we are in England for the British GP at Brands Hatch. And not too much of note going into this race. Hunt was trying out an experimental version of the McLaren as they tried to implement Venturi tunnels, but was only able to qualify 14th. The final qualifying results outside of that were Lotus still demolishing the field with Peterson on pole, slight, slight bit of a changeup, followed by Andretti. Schechter was in third for Wolf, Lauda in fourth for Brabham, Patrese in fifth for Arrows, Jones in sixth for Williams, Lafitte in seventh for Ligier, Reutemann in eighth for Ferrari, Watson in ninth for Brabham, and Depaye in tenth for Tyrrell. The race. It is a warm, sunny day in England, and we're going for 76 laps around Brands Hatch. And I was watching this race, and not even this one was in English, and it's getting somewhat difficult to do these. I have to watch them and go read about them and then put this all together. I was hoping at least, at least one would be in English, but wasn't that lucky. Anyway, Andretti passed Peterson at the start, making it a Lotus 1-2 with the right Lotus in front, and no one had to worry about team orders. So the pair off in the distance seems like quite a normal race. In third was the third black and gold car of Schechter's Wolf. And again, looked like Lotus was going to sail to another one too. But after six laps, suddenly there was only one Lotus out front. And flashed to the side of the track, Peterson was climbing out of his car because the fuel pump failed. Now things start to get a little interesting. Andretti is leading from Schechter, Jones, Lauda, Patrese and Reutemann. Reutemann's teammate Villeneuve now made what is a routine pit stop early on for Ferrari, seeming like the Michelin tires hadn't sorted out the same issues they had in France, with the only other car running the Michelin's Renault having to pit for new tires as well. But Reutemann was still going at a pretty good pace up in sixth. Even with the new tires, Villeneuve would retire a couple laps later with a broken drive shaft and Hunt would be the next casualty when his suspension failed. After that, things settled down for a couple laps. Andretti was still pulling a gap, but stopped increasing his lead on lap 19, and by 23, suddenly there were no Lotuses out front. 
Andretti was in the pits with a puncture and rejoined 12th. This lit a fire under Schechter, who was now realizing he was in the lead and was putting the gas town in an attempt to get a gap from Jones. But the Williams kept pushing in front of the home crowd, was about to make a lunge on Schechter before his gearbox gave up and he was the next one out. However, Schechter wasn't given any time to breathe and now had Lauda charging him down for the lead. Back in the field, Andretti was storming through, looking like he was most likely going to make it through and take the win anyway, but his engine suffered the same fate as his teammates and he was out. With no Lotuses in the picture, it was an absolute free-for-all. Schechter was leading Lauda, Patrese, Reutemann, Watson, Depaye, and Fittipaldi, who were all running in a really tight pack, but Fittipaldi fell off the back of this when his engine blew. After this, Lauda got past Schechter and was into the lead, but it was a little too easy, and Schechter dragged his car around for two more laps, but his gearbox decided it had had a day, and he was out. A lap after that, Depaye was in the pits with a puncture, and that left Lauda, Patrese, Reutemann, and Watson as the leading group. Patrese was the next driver to have an issue, and right after passing the pit entry, suffered a puncture and in desperation went way too fast on the lap into the pits, and the remnants of his tire just destroyed his car, so he was out. Peroni was the next out when the bolts on his Tyrrell decided to fail and the whole car was trying to break itself in half. Um, So this meant, back up front again, Lada was leading Reutemann and Watson. In an absolutely heroic fourth place was K.K. Rosberg in a backmarker ATS. And yes, this is the Rosberg as in Nico Rosberg's dad. He was doing everything he could to hold on to fourth, but eventually was to pass by Depaye and would retire with a broken drive shaft. But an impressive performance in a disaster of a car in his first season in F1. Things started to settle again from there. Lauda was still out in front, but Reutemann was quickly catching up to him. The pair were right on top of each other until... They went to lap Giacomelli, who, if you remember him, that's the one the media were calling chubby, etc. And in one of the most notable moments of Giacomelli's career, Lauda misjudged the way the McLaren was going to go through the corner, and they both went in the same direction, meaning Lauda got stuck behind him, but it left a nice, big beautiful gap for Reutemann to just drive on through and he took the lead and eventual win from Lauda. In a race where only 10 of 26 drivers were classified, Reutemann took the win ahead of Lauda. Watson had a quiet race and came home third. Depaye ended his retirement streak and was in fourth. Stuck came in fifth despite a spin on the opening lap dropping him all the way to last. Tambe was in sixth and so close was Giacomelli just outside of the points in seventh. For my driver of the day, I really want to give it to Rosberg, but I think it has to go to Reutemann. He got the better of Lauda, that Ferrari has been struggling, and he did what the team needed. As for my race rating, I'm going to give it a 
Seven and a half out of ten. It was exciting, mostly just because everyone was breaking down or making mistakes, but it was still, it was an entertaining one. And the final question, did Renault finish? What do you think? Anyway, that wraps up round 10 and our final race of the day. After 10 of 16 rounds this season, the driver's standings are Andretti with a nine-point lead over his teammate Peterson, followed by Reutemann in third, Lauda in fourth, Depaye in fifth. He's only managed three points in the last five races. He was leading. Watson in sixth, Lafitte in seventh, Patrese in eighth, Hunt in ninth, and Schechter rounding out the top ten. As for the constructors, Lotus has a sizable lead on Brabham, followed by Ferrari in third, Tyrrell in fourth, McLaren in fifth, Ligier in sixth, Arrows in seventh, Wolf in eighth, Fittipaldi in ninth, Shadow in tenth, and Williams in eleventh. That is it for today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. It really helps us out and is greatly appreciated. You can follow the show on social media at RelapsedF1 on Instagram and Twitter. You can also follow my personal twi- Twitter at Deanna Relapped, where I tweet about present day F1. And if you have any thoughts, questions, comments, concerns, you can DM me on Instagram or Twitter or email the show at relapsedf one at gmail.com. You can also support the show at patreon.com backslash relapsed. And that is it for me. I will see you next week for the final episode of the 78th season. Music.